words appear. The email addresses and groups mentioned in this program are no longer available. The Blind Handyman Group does exist in its new incarnation on groups.io. To join, send a blank email to blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. That's blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. Alternatively, you can join our Blind Handyman Facebook group. Links will be in the description box below. Blind Handyman, Don Shaw. Tom, you made it after all that rain, didn't you? <laughs> I finally made it here. I sure did. Don Patterson? Yes, sir. A day Good. late and a dollar short. Good to have you time. with us, big guy. My name's Tom Houston, the creator and producer of the Blind Handyman. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is. <laughs> Boy, the way you Let's put your punctuation in that sentence, we're not so sure dramatic. who you were talking about. I, I wasn't sure who I was. <laughs> look, I at, uh, look at Shaw's mic. See the, the pan pot above each uh, microphone there? Uh-huh. Make sure they're all in the center. Sound like he was off to one side. They are. They're in the middle. Center. Are you there, Shaw? Yes. Yeah, right. Sound like he was off to the left here for me. We don't want him. I don't hear him as very Hello, hello, hello. There he hello. is. He wasn't up on his microphone. But hello, he is. Hello, hello. All right, I got a question for you. Yeah. Go ahead. Question, question, question. I'm, yes. I'm working on, Patterson doesn't know about this, but I'll tell him later. Working on a little deal to do a guy who was going to trade us some old-time radio, I think, for some advertising on the Blind Handyman Show. Yep. And which we'll give away as contest prizes or we'll keep for ourselves. We'll make copies of it anyway. I think he's going to do this, and so we have to produce him a commercial. And on this commercial, of course, we want to give his web address, right? Right. So what do you say at the first commercials? Hey, folks, have your tablets and styluses handy. You'll want to copy down this web address at the end of this commercial. What do you say? You know, because I was saying, get a pencil and paper. You'll, you know, what do you say to blind guys? Have your Braille notes ready. (laughs) (laughs) What do you say to blind guys? Get your tablets and... 
Have your tablets and styluses at hand. You'll want to copy down this. Well, you know, or you know, have your, what else do they Get your note takers ready. Get your Braille notes ready. I'll count to three, push record. What do you, so what do you do, you know? How, how would you, how would you? <laughs> I guess the little radio shack message takers. I don't huh? know. Man. Well, yeah. Only the creator would I don't know what, you, like this, what huh? you'd say to these poor <laughs> What a start you know? that would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think this guy's going to do that, and it'll be a wonderful thing for all of us. We'll have only old-time radio we want. Oh, I did. Radio is a great medium, too, man. For blind folks, it's a wonderful thing for all of us people who just listen. You know, it's like television for the blind. It is. Television and for the non-sighted, the non-sighted folks. Non-sighted huh? folks. I did my first interview. We haven't talked at all, and we won't, but until I get a promo done, which we're, we're fixing to move. I intended to have this all done by now, but of course I don't, So, but I've been busy sleeping and reading. Uh, we're moving to Friday nights very quickly. That will be, uh, actually, it's five weeks from now. It'll be on the 18th of July. We're moving to Friday night. The Blind Handyman Show will not be heard on Monday nights, but we'll be heard on Friday nights. And it will be, is the cha- they make the change at 7 or 8 now, Sean, with Daylight Saving Time. Do you know? Uh, it's probably going to be 8 o'clock when they change now, since we're on Daylight Saving. It'll be 8 o'clock and, yeah. not, and not 7. Yeah. Well, it was 8 o'clock before, so it would be 7 now, wouldn't it? No, I think we've we sprung forward because they always change on Monday night. You know, the the, the uh, radio show is first, and you know, eight to nine, and then we're nine to ten central. So. so that's that's the way it'll be. So we'll be on eight to eight eight o'clock. The blind handyman will be on on Friday night, and then nine o'clock, a brand new show called Blind Like Me, starring Phil Barr, the creator. <laughs> I'll have nobody to talk about me being the creator. I did my first interview this morning with Doctor. Dr. Bob Peters. Do you know that son of a gun is the dean? Pat, do you know this? The dean at Tyler Junior College. Did not. My what a deal, man. This guy's, and, I, I and know he has some powerful credentials. Huh? The parallels in, in things like he worked in photo uh, 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 dark rooms for a, long, mm-hmm. for a while. Really? And he was telling us about how they splice film, and we just happen to have two guys here who spent a lot of time working in dark rooms, didn't you, both of them? Right, yes. <laughs> Working with that film, man. And he has a Ph.D. in history, Donald right. Patterson. Yes, I knew oh, that. You did know that, yes. right? Uh, and I forget what other degrees, but has all kind of degrees. And is a quite interesting fellow. Anyway, we'll, he'll be, uh, I think, our first guest on Blind Like Me. That'll start Friday night. We'll be on Friday, first the Blind Handyman, then Blind Like Me. Uh, that will be all on Friday night and, of course, repeated all day Saturday. Yeah. Because we felt like that a lot of the home, you know, if you're going to do a home project, you get into a lot of those on Saturdays. And we thought that maybe we would be better off on Friday night so that they would run us, so it would be on all day Saturday. What do you think? And Saturday is a great time to be running a show like this. It's a just the natural. Mm-hmm. I think so. so time for. I agree. Yes, yes. We'll all be on Friday. <laughs> Shut up. Listen, man. anytime Saturday, and you'll hear one of us. One of the two shows will be on anytime Saturday. You can hear either Blind Handyman or Blind Like Me. And uh, we'll give you an email address how to get in touch with uh, the, the uh, how to get in touch with me and the Blind Like Me show. And, and you might have guests or your ideas for the show or programs we ought to do. But we'll tell you more about that. I'm, I swear that I've got to do some, some commercials. I just haven't. I don't know. I've been reading good books. Commercial and, time. Commercial huh? time. Books, the books have come in. I, Stumble across little authors and download books from, uh, and anyway, we're going to be on vacation. We'll do one more show, and then we'll be on a little vacation because the ACB convention comes up the 6th through the 12th, I think. It does. Uh, it does. We don't go, but, uh, you know, they're talking about, uh, 
having it in Las Vegas in 2005. Now, wouldn't that be a hoot? Man, <laughs> that would be. That would be, be great, wouldn't it? To do the blind ACB. I guess we'd have to go there, Pat. We? Yeah. We'd have I mean, to do the blind Andy Man show from there, wouldn't yeah. we? Boy, we would have to do it from Las Vegas Just all the time. To, sitting yeah. at Pat and I sitting at the slot machine losing bundles. <laughs> I'm, I'm certain that our uh, our researchers and, and staff, uh, our office personnel, are probably arranging, making those arrangements right making now. Oh, you know. All expenses oh, sure. paid. Those reservations. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> all expenses paid. <laughs> What do you think, Thomas? <laughs> oh, hi, everybody. I'm brand new to this group, uh, and I don't know the protocol yet, uh, but I have had an experience re- recently that I must share. I don't want any other blind homeowner to go through this as I did. Uh, the lock on our front door stopped working. Now, in our neighborhood, that's serious business. Yeah. <laughs> he must live across the street from me. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, across the street, yeah. <laughs> the thing that had been there since the house was built 20 years ago, uh, so I'm not surprised, uh, we have a separate uh, knob lock and a uh, dual-cylinder deadbolt, uh, the kind with a key on each side. Now, I followed the salesman's advice and purchased the best lock I could find, is this a Schleg, Patterson? Do you know a Schleg lock? S-C-H-L-E-G-G. Uh, I have no idea. Schleg. Schleg. Let's go with Schleg. sounds pretty good. Okay, Schleg. It turns out that Schleg locks are a lot more complicated than their quick-set counterparts. Now, understand, the holes were already there from the old knob lock and deadbolt. Supposedly, all I had to do was put the new lock in the same place, right? Well, yep. I finally got the job done. But it was a lot harder than I could have imagined. Uh, the knob lock wasn't a problem at all. The trouble was the deadbolt. Uh, you install the bolt itself in the hole left by the old lock. You can uh, even use the same screws. But the cylinders are a product of our security-minded world. Uh, the outer cylinder is fitted with a, safely, a safety ring which makes it harder for someone to pop the cylinder out during a robbery. The thing to do is stabilize the outer cylinder the safety ring helps, but uh, you have to make sure the keyhole is facing the right way. Now, the manufacturer has designed the lock so that the keyhole should be at 6 o'clock. Now, there's a pin which must fit into a slot provided in the bolt. When the key is turned, uh, the bolt slides in and out. So far, so good. Then comes the fun. And yeah. At the top of the outer cylinder is a tongue which fits into a groove on the inner cylinder. Additionally... A shaft must connect the inner and outer cylinder. Now, if the shaft and socket aren't aligned perfectly, they won't fit. Oh, no. It's not hard to miss the connection uh, entirely since there's some play in that shaft. So picture this, guys. You have to line up the central shaft, the tongue and groove set up, and without uh, taping that outer cylinder in place, uh, by the way, I use duct tape because you can remove the sticky residue without too much trouble, I learned several things. Putting a key in at least one of the cylinders helps a lot. You can turn the key while holding uh, the two parts together, uh-huh. and that way you can be sure that the shaft has seated properly. Now grasp the inner cylinder firmly. Now if you can turn the inner cylinder more than a quarter of an inch, you haven't uh, connected the tongue and groove. Something's okay. not lined up. Yeah. This yeah. sounds pretty rough to me. Yeah. Once the screws are in place, uh, Chaleg allows for quite a bit of movement up and down. Now, this is to allow for holes that aren't exactly straight. Uh-huh. Hey, it happens. After making uh, sure both mounting screws are beginning to thread, the shaft is properly seated, and the tongue and groove are, uh, are mated. 
Uh, you can move the cylinder up and down enough to get the best performance out of the lock. The screw heads, uh, which connect the cylinders, are not standard Phillips or slot head. They're what are sometimes called socket head screws. Great. Uh, Schellig has a special screwdriver blade, which uh, fits their locks, or you can use either a screwdriver or Allen wrench. If you're very lucky, the bolts will slide freely into the plate you have mounted on the door jam. If not, then you have to use some adhesive uh, backed insulating foam, which you can place over the uh, entry hole. If you turn the key slightly, just enough to have the bolt come out a little, uh, then close the door, it will score the foam and you can uh, feel uh, whether the plate is too high or too low in its alignment. That's a good hint. Okay, then you can make... Uh, Boy, that is. I never thought of yeah, that. Yeah, I hadn't either. That's real good. Then you can make the adjustments. One more thing, though. Never move the bolt in the door. Uh, it might cause the lock mechanism to jam. That's what happened to me. Instead, move the plate slightly or even uh, file part of it away to compensate for any problems. For the record, Quitsec locks are much easier to install. Thanks for your patience with this first try. John Justice from Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. All right, John. I think you did well, John. Uh, I've never seen one. I hadn't either. Uh, I always just buy the, you know, Yale lock. Yeah. Made, in, made in Liberia, or wherever they all are. Quickset, and I've always heard of them. <laughs> I've heard of Quickset. But, yeah, Tom Houston, just imagine doing all these things here and, and trying to line up all this stuff without being able to see it. So oh, man. It would be, be, it would be I read trip, this email it? to my brother over the phone before I came down here today, and yeah. he said, he said, man, that, it's even rough for a sighted guy to do something like yeah, that. Yeah, no kidding. What yeah, because, deal. you know, not too long ago, I changed just the, and I, I'm sure mine was the quick set, you know, with the key yeah. on one side and the little turn, and, and lining yeah. up the holes uh, is very tedious. Oh, it and is. I, think I liked his idea about either inserting the key, which i got to say I didn't think about, yeah, did and too. or the duct tape, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I can, I can sympathize with him. Yeah, no kidding. Well, you know, locks are, are a, can be a deterrent, but there is very few doors in the world that a guy, a well-placed kick, won't open. Yeah, that's so if true. If a guy wants in your house, I don't care what kind of lock you got on it. He's 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 coming in, and, and once you're in the house, and you've seen these, I'm sure, Shaw, you you probably got a couple at your house because it used to be my house. Those little flip locks that you just flip down. Yeah, and sure. and they yeah. hold that you can't open the door from the outside. I mean, you could kick it open, yeah. Yeah, but if you're inside and you want to protect yourself inside, they're as good as anything, and they're very simple. They yeah, we have a friend that, that uh, her her idea of handling burglars, she just leaves them a note. You know, take what you want, and minimize the damage. <laughs> and but I was going to try that in my neighborhood, but then people tell me the guys over there can't read, so yeah, <laughs> you know, no point. <laughs> Do you really have somebody who does that? Leaves the burglars a note? Yeah. Yeah, we, Somebody I know? Yeah. Well, her name is Judy. She was at the at the function the other night. Was at she the, at the function? Yeah, at well, the dance. The last time my mobile home was broken into, <laughs> 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 they broke in. They didn't take anything and left me a $100 bill. So yeah. I thought, well. Well, that's like, that's like bad people who'd come to try to steal a beer and they'd see Pearl Light and they just, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it, it was actually, actually there. Emily and I left, uh, you know, my accordion and we had another one in the car. It was two accordions in the car and we stopped to eat. We forgot to lock the car and we were worried. I ran out. There, and there were a, there was another there were three you know accordions. Somebody else put another accordion yeah. in the car. Speaking of Matusit yeah. guy from New York or something. Speaking of, yeah. of jobs, we Pat and I played this job the other night. It went real well. Don Shaw came and yeah, yep. I thought and it, was, we, uh, it, yeah, was, it was good. It was quite the thing. We were we were a big hit. They booked us again. 
<laughs> One more time. One more big time. Anyway, go ahead, John. Okay, it says, Hi, everyone. My name is Doug, and I listen to the Blind Handyman Show once in a while. I wonder if any has anybody has any ideas on how to wash a car and know that you have it absolutely clean if you're totally blind. I do all I do all right on the inside, but sometimes there are spots on the outside. Does anyone know what I can do about that? Thanks, Doug. Okay, guys. I got something, Don Patterson. You might know an old thing they used to use years ago for washing car, a chamois, something, a skip, right? you know, like thing. Will that take away? Isn't that? Will that take away spots or what? Yeah, and and I think uh, you know I don't know if he's doing it at home or taking it to the car wash because sometimes I go with Emily to the, the you know the quarter, not the full fledged where you drive through, but the one that you do it yourself. Yeah, and she kind of gets yeah. on me for missing what you just really have to do, and it's you know it's really. What? Uh, we have that <laughs> basic <laughs> weather alert here. Stand by yeah, for news. Weather alert. Stand by for news. <laughs> okay. We're thunderstorm warning or something. Yeah. We are. Obviously, but that's, that's the weather radio. It's global, okay. so it could be any county. Go ahead. Anyway, uh, the car, you know, is geometrically laid out, and you have the, where the doors open, everything, little sections. And so my advice was just kind of concentrate on a section at a time. And I'd probably, like, do the soap and water, get a bucket rather than doing the hose at first and then do the rinsing. But I think if you just isolate it at a section every time, it's sort of like mowing the lawn. If you go over it enough, you're, you're bound to get it. But there'd still be, there'd be no way to know, would there? No, I wouldn't know unless uh, you had to. Probably need there, a there would be a way for me to know because Emily would be out there bitching well, yeah, about it. Have, <laughs> wait, what'd you call her? You call her, you call her Emily? Yeah, the warden. The, the warden. warden would be out there. Uh, so. Oh, we could we could have her have her go we to could his have house. Her, uh, yeah, if he'd put a camera and uh, <laughs> yeah, take a picture of the car and you know it's really funny because it's not funny, but I read an article the other day. Uh, this guy spent two weeks with a with a truck driver that drives hauls hauls uh, hazmats uh, hazardous material all across the nation. He spent a couple really? weeks with him riding back and forth. And this guy only washes his truck where they have water that's been reverse ionized. Okay. Wow. Have you ever heard of that? No. I haven't. Where they, they do some, I forget what the what he said the process was, but I'm wondering if you can buy that kind of water. You know, of course, you can buy distilled water, but I want, but that water is supposed to leave no spots. I don't know. So, you know, that would be, I guess you could buy a reverse ionizing generator that you could feed your water through, but that would be a little yeah. extreme, wouldn't it? But, I don't know. But I don't if, if you can still buy a chamois-type thing, will, if oh, you, you rub can. it over the car, will that take away like a spot? Yeah, it will. Or like spots. I say, his, his big thing is going to be seeing, but I, I'd still say if he isolates it by the section. And then yeah. probably for his rinse, if he had sort of like a, you know, these screw-on things, you, you don't have to have a real elaborate thing, but get some pressure on it. Not just a nozzle. They make a little gizmo just for cars. They do. I've seen that. It puts it out pretty good pressure. It's almost yeah. like going to the car wash. It is, like so going to the car wash. Does it have a little mop on the end of it, or is it just a nozzle? Well, I think after rinsing, it would just be you'd kind of yeah. rinse with your hand or a clean rag. But uh, I, I don't. We'll feel that question, and maybe somebody in our vast audience will have the answer to that question. Well, okay, another quick one here, okay. guys. It says, hi, guys. I, I just got caught up with the archive shows and have a question that came up on one of your blind weekends. Yeah. Phil said that you all were going to Radio Shack to get an IROC. And the words of the creator, I don't know what it, what it is, 
but I think I need one. Exactly what is, <laughs> what is an IROC? Well, Keep I know. up a great show uh, as you are an inspiration for the rest of us. Think, thanks, Al Treese. I think we all know what they are now. Right, Al. Thank you, Al. We appreciate Do we know Al? You. I don't, I don't know Al. That's, oh, okay. that's my line. Bob. The old IROC. Do you want to tell them what it is, man? Yeah, the IROC is, uh, you, you can hook it up to whatever sound source you might want to use, computer, uh, radio, talking book machine, anything that has an output with a quarter-inch jack coming out of it. You hook it up, and it'll transmit, I don't know what, Don Patterson, 30 or 40 feet or so, and then you tune your your whatever radio, radio headphones, etc. Yeah, mine works from the, one floor to the next. You know, I have, I have uh, had on the second floor, and, and my stereo, you know, the, the computer was downstairs, and I could hear it on my upstairs radio. So. In other words, if you, if you plug one of these into the, to the speaker port on your computer, or the earphone jack on your computer, and you tuned your radio within about 50, 75 feet of mm-hmm. standard radio to one of the low 88, 1, 3, 5, or 7, then you can hear What's coming? Like if you're reading a book on your computer, you go sit in your chair and listen to the radio, and you can hear the, yeah. you could hear the book, or, you know, it, and Whatever. if you're if you're in your car and you have a little MP3 player and you want to play that through your car speakers, tune your car radio to one of those frequencies, turn on your iRock transmitter, and it'll come through the speakers in your car. Uh, they are how much? Twenty nine ninety five. I believe at so. Radio Shack. At Radio Shack, and and Radio Shack is not the only place to buy them, and that's not the best one you can buy. I think the best ones can be had at. We'll give them a little plug. C Crane. What do you think, Shaw? I think so. That's generally I think it is. I think C Crane has those, and they uh, they they have a better one, but of course it's going to cost more. But this IROC for me. Uh, now somebody was complaining about the way they sounded. I think it was Dale Levins, but they sound. All right, to me. So I go buy you an IROC transmitter and tell them we sent you from the Blind Andy Man Show, which will be back in just a moment with our special guest. They're not broadcasting. This is Steve Mazura. He's Robin from the Aussie Kaleidoscope. Living on the edge. I'm Roger Cool. The KJS Show. Hi, this is Patrick Purdue from the, the ACBRI DJs are hard at work creating personal web pages about their shows, the music they play, and even a bit about themselves. Now we're accumulating these web pages into the ACB Radio Interactive Broadcasters Web Ring, where you can learn more about the personalities behind the microphone. Go to www www.acbradio.org Then choose the interactive link. From there, you can choose the link that will take you to the ACB Radio Interactive Broadcasters Web Rig. For the latest breaking news stories, visit the ACB Radio Newsroom at www.acbradio.org All the news, all the time. From the world's leading news organizations like CNN, the BBC, the New York Times, the Toronto Star, the Wall Street Journal, and more. That's all the news, all the time, in the ACB Radio Newsroom at www.acbradio.org ACB Radio Mainstream now delivered live to your phone in the UK using phoneanything.com. The internet over the phone. www.phoneanything.com.
This is the Blind Handyman on ACB Radio Mainstream. Be sure and tell a friend about the program and email us often, blindhandyman at hotmail.com. Now, here is more of the show with Don Shaw. All right, we're back, and our guest for this segment is Lee Stone from Hudson, New York. Hey there, Lee. We, man, we uh, arced our way over here, so to speak, today. How are you doing? Fantastic, Don. Yourself? Ah, doing good. And since we had to cancel yesterday, you know, I told you we canceled yesterday because of the weather, and man, it, it, the weather's almost that bad again today. So. Well, up here in Hudson, New York, we, we are together as a team building an ark. <laughs> There's no way in upstate New York that we will have a drought this year. Praise the Lord. No way for a drought. Huh? So an ark, animals two by two, that kind of thing, right? Right. I'm going to use my welding techniques to weld up some brackets that will hold all the pine bark that we can get so we can float out of here to Lufkin, okay. Texas. Okay, but I bet, you don't right. know, I, bet you, bet you don't know what a cubit is. Uh, no, sir. Well, that's what God said to build them, 20 cubits long and 80 cu- Remember that? Oh, yeah. And he didn't know what one was either. <laughs> uh, How are you? I'm not bad. Did you, Howdy. Did you go get some liquid refreshment to kind of get through this with? Uh, no comment. No comment. <laughs> there. Well, we're all having some. It's, it's, it's perfectly, it's perfectly okay. You're, you're, is, it, is it homemade? Ours is not. It uh, ought to be, but... It should be. We're drinking it. They're drinking cheap beer, and I'm drinking brandy. That's the way it uh-huh. is. You know? What is uh, always surprise, 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 surprise. You, I think radio. I said it's good. It's, it's it's real radio. You know, this is the, the way it ought to be done. It is. Uh, you're. Uh, God said you're 57. I I had a 57 Chevy back in 50. No, yes I am. I'm going to be 57. Fixing to be pulling up close on 57. <laughs> and on 9/11. Well, that's a heck of a birthday. Is that right? 9/11. That's amazing because Don Patterson's is 9:15. Is that right? Yeah, it's like we planned this or something, isn't it? Though? September 11, 1946, yeah, 7 a.m. Right. I scared the dickens out of my mother. Is that right? Oh, were my you... God, what is that? And you were, you're, I think Don said you were partially excited still? You At have... that time. At that time? At that time. But that's uh, that's since gone. You've lost your... Since that's gone. Actually, I was, I was at my five-year checkup at my ophthalmologist recently. He says, you're still not blind. I says, I'm not. <laughs> Tell me why. He says, because you have... You can see daylight and dark. You can see yeah. my light in your left eye. Yeah. But, I said, well, isn't that nice? But that's Either as far way, as... It, I can still see my neighbor. That's as far as it goes. Is you oh, can, yeah. You can just see that light. I'm just glad I only lost my sight. <clears throat> i got friends of mine that can't find their bandsaw. That's They're true. Sighted. That, that's true. That happens. That that happens quite often. So, uh, we always say our, our little motto is blindness is not a, a handicap. It's just a real inconvenience sometimes. Absolutely. So, do you, do you have a bandsaw? I used to have. Used to have. <clears throat> but my children felt comfortable in offshing it off. I think they wanted to save my fingers. Is that right? But uh, I did have a bandsaw. You did have a bandsaw. Now, this this I think Don said that you were a welder. Were you welder by trade or just a hobby or what? Oh, welder by trade years ago. I worked for two major companies. I can't mention their names on the air because... Uh, they won't hire any more blind people. Well, okay. <laughs> they, they won't hire any more blind people. Why is that? Did you do something? Well, that no, no, that no. I did a very good job. Uh-huh. At that time, I was considered what we call legally blind. Uh huh. And I worked for a major corporation in Connecticut and one in Schenectady, New York. So. Uh-huh. Uh, and and you and you welded what you welded uh, um... in Connecticut. I welded aircraft parts, uh, specifically. Um, 
parts for carburetors for 747 engines at that time. Wow. And in Schenectady, I welded uh, steam turbine parts. And and someone, they sent you to school to learn this, or these companies oh, yeah. taught you this? or Oh, yeah. So how, I, you know, how I had the capabilities. I just didn't show up and say I can weld and they put me on the job. They, yeah. There was definite training involved. One was, uh, in Schenectady, was sub-arc welding, which is machine welding, uh, where the parts are preheated to 350 degrees. Oh. And in uh, Connecticut, I welded, uh, uh, used a heliarc system using argon gas. And that was very easy because at that time I had uh, some minimal vision and it was very close up work. Uh-huh. You practically had your nose, uh, well, your nose was inside, obviously, a uh, welder's helmet. Uh-huh. However, uh, it was a close quarter situation. That's an easy way to describe it. And it would have been even for a perfectly sighted person. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so uh, once I, you're underneath a, a welding helmet, nobody knows whether you can see or you can't see, <laughs> yeah. or how well you can see. Yeah, yes, what they can true. tell is by testing. With, and and uh, I would say most welding operations, they sporadically test welds to make sure that you're doing the correct sure. job, and I, I was doing fine. And so they didn't test you any more than they would test your sight. No, no, brother. no. Just, yeah. if, if, whether, like, for instance, my, everybody has a welding number when you weld under a uh, military contractor or something else, uh-huh. and uh, it doesn't make any difference what your number is. They would test, like, booth number 5 or booth number 25. Okay. Occasionally stop by and pick up a piece of your work and we run through and just And just kind of see how you're doing. Right. Well, Lee, I had a question. It's Don Patterson here. How you doing? And I probably have the best vision of the group, I mean, uh, minus Tom, uh, Parsons. And I had tried my hand at welding. I mean, nothing training or not a job, just kind of I wanted to see if I could do it. And my problem was like seeing through the hood. When I Even even when I had an arc, you know, uh, I and I have what I would consider pretty good vision so was this something like like you kind of described like prefab i mean you welded the same thing all day basically or yes in both situations was the same thing you know all so day. you set up your machine or it was set up for you and then the the, the welding just i mean you put the parts in a certain place or, or mm-hmm. in it, well in, in in one situation uh where i did the heliarc welding the parts were supplied they were stacked on a table and then we had to put two pieces together it's basically like a children's puzzle right only it took the skill of a welder but that was taught in the welding school uh, specific training for that particular part and as long as you could maintain what they call a, a tight puddle uh, pvdle as you moved along right and it didn't burn through that was fine actually in all the welding i did during that period of time, the only welding test I could not pass was pipe welding. And pipe welding is the really, it takes a really good welder, whether you're partially sighted or not, right. to do pipe welding when you come around and not be able to do a burn through. Um, that's kind of hard to explain, but in both situations, things were set up. Right. Uh, the only time that I had to do uh, on the spot uh, my own specific welding was when I was welding. Uh, steam turbines was there was two giant pieces of material. I say giant because they're probably several hundred pounds a piece. Wow. And I had to arc weld a bridge in between those two pieces to run a bead. Uh, uh, and as far as you're being able to see, uh, whatever, if you look at a welder supply, there are many different shades of lenses from very, very dark for those who have the best sight uh-huh. to a lighter shade. 
people will tell me that, you know, that's probably why I lost my sight the way I did. No, that's not at all. Uh, I lost my sight because of RP. Uh-huh. Yeah. I didn't lose my sight because of welding. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I know some people who have been, you know, welders all their lives, and it's kind of a hazard of the profession. But in my case, I think I must have had a really dark hood. It was just, it was, you know, I just wanted to see if I could do it. But that was my main problem. I said, oh, I can't see. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and if somebody had worked with you, I'll bet you if they had light, because you know what I'm talking about, in the front of the helmet where they get the glass shield. Right. Uh, if they had changed that lens to a lighter color, more than likely, if you had some sight, you could be able to see yeah, because the, the, the glow um, from a, a, a welding uh, situation, nobody with, with the, any sight at all <clears throat> would be able to watch that and be able to see that uh, mm-hmm. without doing some right. damage just straight. So you have to have the shield, first of all, for protection for the burn, second of all, for the, the glare. Uh-huh. Uh, and I know that because... Uh, I thought that at that time I was very young and foolish, and I have a welding helmet, that's all I need. I knew that other people in the departments where I was working had uh, heavy welding gloves and uh, welding jackets. Well, I had the gloves on, but, you know, I was I was much younger. I got a T-shirt on, and the first night that I did an extensive welding, I knew the next day I made a mistake because I had these burns, just like a, a very heavy-duty sunburn. Man. Yeah. However, I learned a lot of tricks in welding. Yeah. Now, I was asking you a while ago, did the company you worked for train you? Yes, they did. In both situations, two entirely different situations. One was uh, welding aircraft parts. The other one was welding parts for sale to the general public uh-huh. for people who were putting together steam turbines, which are used throughout the world. Yeah. Because I, I couldn't figure how you could get the commission for the blind to, to, to yeah, offer that. To be they, would, they would frown on that. They would say, no, you can't do that. You However, know. I can tell you the skills that I learned at one facility for, for arc welding, uh-huh. I used at a, uh, uh, I was invited to a friend's family reunion. Now, we're going back, you have to imagine, uh, years ago when people had good solid chrome bumpers in their car. Sure. In the 50s and early 60s. And... Uh, there was a family dispute, even though they had a family reunion, there was a family dispute going on. And this gentleman had a welder. In That's his usually what causes garage. our family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> you've all heard the mother-in-law jokes. Oh, you? yeah. Okay. Well, you bet. This gentleman says, i got some good beer here that says that you can't do what you say you're doing as a blind person. I said, again, I'm not totally blind, but uh, he turned on his welder, and I heard that thing started to hump. And he had... 24-foot cables in that thing, and we had the opportunity to uh, give me some scrap metal, and I cleaned up the surface on two cars, one which belonged to his mother-in-law, which was at that time was a 59 Ford 9 passenger station. Uh, we're, I'm losing you. Too. Can you get up close? I can barely hear you. Okay. Now. Uh, we had the opportunity to take some scrap metal, some good metal, and, and uh, with the uh, assistance of bringing two cars, cars within two feet of each other. Uh-huh. I welded the mother-in-law's car. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know what's coming here. Excuse me now, gentlemen. Now, let's get this clean. Yeah. <clears throat> I welded a piece of metal, uh, two-inch strap metal, from the mother-in-law's chrome bumper over to the daughter's car. Uh-huh. So we give them the binding effect. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, this gentleman ended up having not only a mother-in-law, but now an outlaw 
fantastic because he brought in somebody. He didn't hire me. He, yeah. he gave me a couple of beers, and I said, sure, I could do this job. Uh-huh. <clears throat> what a deal. And so when did they did they leave these like this when the people started to leave? I mean, was this a big joke? Or they, well, were yeah, they when, just... they, when they get ready to leave, yeah. uh, she's getting ready to back out, and she, she, she slapped it in reverse. And, of course, she wasn't going place without rocking the car in front of her. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what, what's the problem here? And somebody said, it looks like the two of you are tied together. <laughs> the point that son-in-law was trying to make is, you know, daughter wasn't making any decisions at all without asking mommy. Yeah. And now they were glued together. Yeah. Because yeah. Lee had accidentally on purpose taken a two-inch two piece of strap metal and just uh, welded. Uh, you couldn't do that today because everybody's got a vinyl bump. Yeah, they're all plastic oh, yeah, or sure. fiberglass or something. It was know. a lot of fun. So, but these folks actually part part of what they were doing was seeing if you knew if you really could do this as a blind person. Oh yeah, that was that was part of their thing. Well, it was disturbing to them. I mean, there's a lot of information about welding, and you don't have the time to share all that. But uh, yeah. what I did is I brought a uh, power drill uh, from his shop in uh, from the gentleman's garage and put on a wire brush and clean, uh -huh. scraped down a bunch of chrome from each side, so I had a clean surface and quickly spot welded, if you would, uh, two cars together. Yeah. What a deal! <laughs> it is, <laughs> uh, and and I'm sure, I'm sure that, that this was your family reunion. No, not mine. I was invited to a oh, friend's family. Have they, have they had you back? If it was if it was my family reunion, I would probably still be incarcerated. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Did they, these folks ever invite you back? Because that seems like a pretty Absolutely. pretty serious uh, pretty Absolutely. serious stuff. Now, is this? Uh, you say you're 57. What else have you done? Some other things uh, to, to as a uh, to gainful employment, or have you been a welder all your life? Oh no 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 no. As, uh, <clears throat> since I lost my sight, I, I worked for the uh, government in the. Uh, as a disability coordinator, I've worked uh, in disability rights, uh, representing people with disabilities in court situations, uh -huh. uh, mostly representing students in schools, students who have uh, problems with uh, getting the correct services in uh, public schools. Mm -hmm. Are you, uh, do you, you don't have a law degree, though? Oh, no. No. So you just read up on the law and figured uh, no, out? No, actually, I was I was uh, through the company I, I last worked for. I was sent away to a law school. Okay. Uh, it's, it's like a degree, one step below being paralegal. Uh huh. You're so like an advocate. Like, I mean, as advocate exactly. Yeah. Okay. okay. As a legal advocate, recognized in many, but not all, but not all courts. Yeah, and the judge allowed you, gave you standing, allowed you to practice, or allowed you to exactly. Okay. Right. Yeah, and, and in some cases the judge will ask for an additional attorney. Yeah. But uh, there's not that many attorneys nationwide who practice in disability law. In sure. Specifics. And, and this is working for you working for the state at this point in time. No, at this point in time I'm working for myself. The last time I did oh. this I was working for the federal government. For the federal government, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. As a as a satellite satellite office of an independent living center in our mm -hmm. area. Well, are well, you are you a married fellow? Do you have oh a, yeah. have a, have one of those wives? Like I've got I got a wife who's tolerated me for uh, twenty seven years. I emphasize the word tolerated. <laughs> she has, she has learned um, uh, the, the term humor. She's gained a sense of humor. She's uh, developed enough good. Can't say enough good things about her. You've helped her develop her sense of humor. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mine is losing hers, I think. Is she really? <laughs> she doesn't. I'm not nearly as funny as I used to be. Uh, oh. But uh, that's probably true of all of us. So, and and did you did you do uh, did you do college as a young fellow? Um, oh no 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 I I uh, 
most of my skills were learned in, in, in trade school, but it, when I when I found out that you know I couldn't see anymore, well, first of all, I, w- I always wanted to be a mortician. Really? But uh, yep. Yeah, and but but my my counselor through the blind didn't have a sense of humor. He could not imagine me being uh, an embalmer or mortician, so they wouldn't fund me to go. <laughs> it would be like asking him to send you through welding school. Did, <laughs> right. you wanted, did you get your education at a at a blind school or in, in were you mainstreamed in public school? Mainstreamed in public school. Okay. And I would take that opportunity to get. I know that not all people would because I have friends yeah. of mine who did uh, very well in blind school. Right. Depends Some like on the it. area, I believe. You know, I can't give could I cannot give good testimony there, but I know friends of mine, uh, associates and colleagues who have done very well in blind schools, and I know others who have done good in public schools. Right. It depends, depends on, on how, how well a public school is versed in, in information that is needed. It depends on the blind school and the public school and the individual. And the so person, there, yeah. There are lots Absolutely. of variables. Absolutely. We've given a lot of discussion to that, whether kids are better off mainstreamed or not, and we, we still have never made a decision and probably never will. Well, it's like it's the first time I went to uh, try to qualify for what we call a talking computer. Yeah. Uh, the woman who I work with, she was an absolute pain in the, uh, yeah. the uh, gutter. <laughs> or, yeah. or, excuse me, overhead, whatever. Yeah. Pain in the hard drive. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I found somebody else that I could work with, and I did okay. Yeah. Uh, but they were telling me at that time what I needed to do was learn how to use uh, what most of you know as JAWS. Yeah. I says, no, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that because they, they were teaching me what a sighted person was teaching me what I needed to know. I had a problem with it. Yeah. And over the years, I've met another person who has uh, been blind since 1947. He has introduced me to a program called Linux, and uh, Uh something I'm I'm doing Uh very well at. I'm getting better. Let's put it that Uh way. Linux. So you're typing in uh, commands, uh, command line yourself. Oh, absolutely. Uh, a lot of that old dog. Listen, we we are out of time, unfortunately. We've got to go. Sounds like you've uh, you've led a, a pretty good life, and sounds like to me you're still doing all right. Yeah. Well, the only problem we have is the same problem you have in Lufkin. We got too much water. Too up much here. rain. I'd like well, to send some of this rain to my friends out in Wyoming or someplace else that they're, they're having a drought. I, I think they are. We had one last year, but we're not going to have one this year. I don't think. And you're not either, right? I just want to uh, finish finish by saying I, I appreciate the, the time. It's one fantastic uh, association you have on the internet with uh, the blind handyman, and for any of those people out there listening who are, this is the first time, we'll just stick with it because it's a great program. And there's many of us out there who are still alive and still doing well. Still doing, still stumbling still along, sticking. hoping for the tottering toward the tomb, as we like and to. And if anybody uh, <laughs> has some good information on uh, home breweries, get back to us. Yeah. Maybe, maybe someone could put that on the list for you. Well, Lee, there you folks go. making beer, huh? Lee Stone has been our guest. And, Lee, thank you very much, sir. And we'll talk to you in a day or two, and we'll see you on the list. Appreciate it. Have a great day. More of the Blind Handy Man Show in just a minute. Well, I'm
ACB Radio Mainstream. The Catwoman. ACB Radio Treasure Trove. You can hear. Live. Unpredictable. Internet. On the ACB Radio Interactive. ACB Radio Interactive. Playing music from the 1930s and 40s. The 50s and 60s. The 1970s. 80s and 90s. The hits of the new millennium. ACB Radio Interactive comes to you from at least six time zones on three continents, bringing you the very best of country, top 40, classic, and modern rock, new age, folk, the rare stuff out of the 50s, jazz, easy listening, adult contemporary, and more. Live, unpredictable internet radio. ACB Radio Interactive. Don't risk the disappointment of missing a great ACB radio program. Join our announcements list today. Receive email about upcoming programs on all our channels and new features. To join, send a blank email now to announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. Visit our website. Announcements about ACB radio delivered to you direct and free. Just another way to stay in touch with ACB radio. Listening to the Blind Handyman on ACB Radio Mainstream. If you have an idea for a topic or project you would like us to discuss, let us know at our address, blindhandyman at hotmail.com. Now, back to the show with Don Patterson. You, you guys ready to do the show here? Yes. What? <laughs> we, we are on. talking about how fast them trucks will go. Don Patterson. Uh, oh, did you said. introduce me? Well, yeah. Uh-huh. Put your you phones on. Well, I've got my phones. We're, we're doing on, a show here, guys. I don't, don't have my mic. My mic level is. Boy, everybody's my mic prepared here. Your mic level is sharp. You're up. And now, everybody's ready. You can tell. All right, so. Don, do you have your? Uh, are you ready to? Uh, My topic for the day. Uh, all right. No. And, I, and now, without further ado, here is my co-host and uh, and something. one of the stars of the Blind Animation Show, Don Shaw. Yeah. I think I'm on a bar. <laughs> it's about time to wrap this one up now. Oh. I don't know. Anyway, on this good rainy day, today would be a good day to talk about uh, things normally that you have inside your house, some things that we put outside and expect to work. And I'm going to give some examples of this now. And the first example of this would be uh, back, I don't know, two or three years ago or so, we decided that we needed a ceiling fan out on our uh, new patio top that we had built. And hence, we didn't have any electricity out there at the time. So I said, well, we were doing some other work at the time, and uh, we had some fascia board off. And I said, well, while this uh, fascia board is off, I'll go ahead and uh, put the Romex in the house and just run the end of it out here on the patio. So in the future, if we do want to run some electricity outside, We'll at least have the Romex ready. So I did. I uh, got a coil of Romex, I don't know, 20 foot or so. Probably about number 12 or 14, uh, three three conductor wire. You know, of course, the two in the ground. And threw the coil of it back up in the attic. And left, I don't know, several feet or so outside to tie into. Put the fascia board back. 
And uh, time went along, and we just didn't do anything with it for a while until the, well, until the summer, actually. And this was kind of a team effort. Uh, my wife's uh, brother, John, which was a guest on our show way back, I don't know, many, many shows ago, yeah. came down one weekend, and we were sitting around talking and saying, well, we ought to just go ahead and, and hook this electricity up. So anyway, to make a long story short, it was a team effort, him and I. Said, well, we'll hook up the electricity. He's a maintenance man. He does this work every day. So he went up the ladder, found my end of the wire I'd thrown back in the attic, put in a junction box standing on the ladder right there, and uh, tied my wire that I'd run into a line of electrical wire that had, had run across the attic that went to some other, well, another circuit in the house. So in other words, he cut that circuit. And junctioned them together. He sure did. Okay. Junctioned them together and put them in this junction box. Uh -huh. And in the meantime, uh, while he was doing this work, uh, my wife ran down to Lowe's and uh, or any home uh, department store would do fine and bought a, a ceiling fan. Just bought a regular ceiling fan. Came back with it, and by that time, you know, my brother-in-law's quick. He does this all the time. By, the, by that time, you know, we had the junction box up outside, and uh, we was ready to hang a ceiling fan and even had some additional uh, outlets, two uh, GFI outlets put up besides that so that it, whatever we, we would want to plug into, we could. We had any of those electrical appliances we wanted outside. Sure. But anyway... We had the fan ready to hang, and uh, we hung up the ceiling fan. And I don't know, really, less than an hour, man, the whole thing. You know, the, the whole thing, hook up, ceiling fan hung and all. Man, we were sitting under the, the ceiling fan drinking a cold one. And uh, it was nice, yeah. no prob. And anyway, everything rocked along, and uh, we went, I guess, what now, two years later. Uh -huh. And Mary was saying this summer, Man, those ceiling fan blades up there sure are warped on that fan. Droopy. <laughs> kind of droopy. And you got to remember now, we live at, what, less than 200 miles, I guess, from the Gulf here. So we probably have probably higher humidity than some folks oh, do. Oh, we have very high humidity. And I'm sure that doesn't help these outside, uh, our inside things, any that should be outside, but or vice versa. But anyway, our, our, our fan blades had bad warps in them. So... I had taken down a fan this year in the house and uh, put up a, a new fan in its place. And the motor on this fan was bad, but actually the blades were good. So I said, well, I wonder if these blades would, would line up and would match. Sure enough, they did. And, well, actually, I, I took off the first blade outside and uh, tried one of the blades from inside. And, and it actually wouldn't line up. But actually, what would I, I took off? You know the part that goes into the housing that holds the uh -huh. blade on. Yeah, the little I, bracket. The little bracket. Yeah. yeah. I took off that whole bracket, and the, sure enough, the brackets would line up. Mm -hmm. But the holes actually in the blades were off, which seemed kind of strange. But anyway, since the bracket lined up, everything was fine. But anyway, to make a long story short, after I got the first blade down, I laid the the. Uh, the blade that had been outside down on a, on, a, on a flat surface on a table that I knew was level. Uh -huh. And, man, that blade was warped so bad. Like, in the middle of the blade, like, I could stick my whole hand, like, underneath the blade. Really? Between the, the table and the blade. My goodness. So just the two ends were down and then just like a big hump in the middle. 
And they were, man. That just goes to show ceiling fan. It, that's why I guess you need to buy a fan that is made for outside. That, I was fixing to say, they make outside fans and inside fans, and you can't. she just bought a fan, and chances aren't it's for the inside, and it just, they won't. Oh, work. it's for the inside. There's no yeah. doubt about that. The blades on my outside ceiling fan, George, just back when there was a George, put up a couple this summer, and the blades are fiberglass. They're not metal. So it's an outside fan. Yeah, it's an outside, an outside fan. fan. I mean, they're, they're not going to warp. They'll Y'all never install warp. new fans. We put two new fans up on the up on the, the house on the, on the yeah, house porch. Okay. And and they're well. Ups. This is something that'll scare you. I I was in a house the other day, or I was someplace. I'm I'm not sure. We've been looking at new houses, new building deals, and I'll swear I believe I saw an inside fan with the curved blades. As, a, as kind of a design thing, and I was thinking, you think that's an outside fan that they put in? <laughs> yeah, inside? that's not true. No, I'm serious. It, talk it, about it unstable. Was, it was boy. hung from a cathedral ceiling, which is tall, you know, and they're down on like uh-huh. in the old barbershop day. You walk in these buildings with 20 foot ceilings, they had to have a special gizmo to turn on the ceiling fans. Yeah, yeah. But its blades were curved. Yeah, and uh, I think it was the style, and yeah. I, I thought that was. So that, I, well, you thinking that might have been one that was outside that somebody yeah. put in there, stuck, yeah. stuck in that, that possibly was. Well, we know now that an inside fan won't work too long outside because of the blades warping. Well, and the so, motor wouldn't be sealed either, would it? And the the, the motor, but the, but the motor ran fine. The motor wasn't the problem, man. It was just those warped blades. Yeah. Man, it was running bad there at the last yeah. now with those blades shaking like, pretty good. Shaking wasn't it? pretty good, yeah. it was. But that brings me to the next question I have for for this uh, panel here, All this right. panel of experts here. I right. wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> An expert, of course, is a drip under pressure. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> But more things uh, that are made to be used inside, trying to put them outside, which, of course, I, you know, I had to do this. But I bought these two uh, speakers, uh, indoor speakers, actually, uh-huh. in these speaker cabinets. I don't know, probably 8-inch or so speakers, fair-sized speakers with the cabinets, of course, that go with them. Anyway, I hung these speakers outside two years ago, minded that are supposed to be hung inside. Or outside, and the question I guess is, with our high humidity in this area, will the paper after a while in these speakers, or the cone just like disintegrate? I don't think after so. After a while, I don't. I don't think. You're, 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 where are they? Up under the cover? They are. They're under the cover. They don't get wet. Nah, but I don't. I, they'll last a long time before they'll. For they that what'll happen is a. Uh, you'll have worse than that if there's any opening anywhere. Is you'll find a, a wasp nest up in there. You'll. That that's, that'll be a problem, but now the cone, the cone. I don't think we'll uh, we'll. I don't I don't know how they would keep it if they said this. Or you you can buy speakers that are meant for outside, and oh, they would be the speaker would be a little better protected. But I don't. They wouldn't keep dampness from getting to the cone because if they did, you couldn't hear it. Oh, you, you know? couldn't hear it. That's fact. <clears throat> so no, I don't think you'll have any problem there. That's the question. Is after a while, will the speaker just? But okay, that sounds I, good. I, somebody and else I'll will have some comment on that. I'm sure, but they they make. Uh, we mentioned Home Depot, so you might as well mention Lowe's. Uh, yeah. Has a dandy little set of outside speakers for, I think, 22 23 bucks. that just will take a lot of volume. And their fidelity isn't real great, but, brother, they'll honk. <laughs> they'll go. I, uh, I bought a couple sets of them not long ago, well, and they, they do real well. So, you know, you have to look a little for them, but they're there. Yeah. And they're meant for outside. They give you the bracket and everything to hang it with, you know. That's the deal. See, that's what I had to do is put in a couple of hooks to hang these speakers. And, of course, yeah. you already had this phone wire run yeah. that I tied these speakers into, and it, it works. It, it, they work good. 
they seem like it take a little bit more power to get them pushing, but well, they, they'll do wire, good volume. That phone wire is going to have some resistance in it because it's single-strand wire, and it's going to have a lot more resistance than some stranded wire would have, but it'll work. Well, to show you the difference, it probably takes three. My volume control is notched, and it probably takes, oh, two or three notches inside for, yeah. for, for good volume. And I'd say, which I got plenty of power, but probably double that. To run the outside to speaker. power the outside Well, speakers. at that point in time, I did. You got to remember, this was tw this was 20 years ago, and I wasn't near as hip then. I didn't I didn't know about uh, mid-state electronics where you can just order boxes of wire, and uh, phone wire I had. Everybody's got, you know, you phone think around, you got phone wire. So I ran that, but there's going to be a lot of resistance in that phone wire, a lot more than there would be in the piece of stranded, nice stranded speaker wire. But it's not going to hurt anything. What the? You got plenty of power. Oh, yeah. Speaking yeah. of speakers, I was in a something I thought was really neat. I was in a new home the other day. I mean, watching it being built, part, we're, we're kind of looking. And they had wired and were installing the speakers for surround sound in the in the great room. That would be good. In great. the family room. Oh, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. thought of something. If you did that, knowing that everything's built in, and we're talking these ceilings were high, so you'd yeah. have to have a mighty ladder. What if you ran two sets of wires just in case you had a problem? You could just go to the... You know, I, I thought about if I do that and network for computers, might want to run a double set of wires just in case. You want to run Cat5 is cheap, and yeah. you want to run two yeah. pair of Cat5, two two runs, not pair, because Cat5 has five pair in it. Yeah. You want to run two runs of Cat5 to every to, room. Right. You, if I ever build another house, believe me, I'm going to buy a thousand feet of multi-pair cable with 17 pair in each cable, <laughs> and I'm going to run cable to every room there is and three or four pieces of coax. I thought I was doing that on this house, and sure enough, coming from where the public stereo is, you know, right. the, yeah. Yeah. up to my chair, there's only one piece of coax. I can't run the satellite back to my back where. Anyway, I, I thought I was doing good, and I wouldn't. There'll be 20 pair run to every room. Yeah, you that's the, the radio station. The future, so. Radio station theory is you can have too few, but you can't have too many. That's right. I guess I that's agree. true. You know, if you so think yeah, about run that, run two pieces of wire every every place you. And so you, if you had a problem, you can. The reason why it made me think of that is like you know Emily's house. We're talking 30 years old. It has an old intercom set yeah. uh, every room. Yeah. And I thought, but you could do a lot like with that, except it's only got one. You know, if there's something wrong in the wiring, yeah. you, you you can't do much. Yeah. So, Patterson, was this the same house with the warped ceiling fan blades? Uh, no, it was not. <laughs> we were just in one, and I swear the, the blades were kind of... Droopy curved. blades. Yeah, Don't well, it was more. like a style. I mean, it, yeah. you could tell it was kind of designed. What a deal. Yeah. Well, guys, we've killed another one. We've about done another one in, haven't we? We've about done another one in. 42. What's all those email addresses, Sean? Give us, let's see, we have a list. It's uh, Don Shaw's list that everybody's on. Even you, Pat, are on the I'm list. On there, Even yeah. on the list. Tell us how to get on the list, Don Shaw. If you want to subscribe to this list, send that email to uh, to uh, to uh, Yahoo. Uh, Blindhandyman-subscribe. At yahoogroups.com. Blindhandyman-subscribe at yahoogroups.com. That'll get you on the list, it will. buckaroos. And we want you on the list. we got about 160 members on the list now. Isn't that nice? Yep. Amazing. Boy. And send that email to blindhandyman at hotmail.com, and we will read your email on the air. And you better send it, or we're coming to your homes. Uh, <laughs> we, we actually got some good email this week. We and did. I'm, I'm happy about we that. We need email this But week. we can always get some off the list. You can't shut us down anymore. We're invincible now. We'll get it off the list. <laughs> if you don't email us, we'll do. we call it list mail. We'll go to the list. list. 160-something people on the list. The list is not... 
It's not too bad. If you don't want to read them, just delete them. You don't have to read them all if you don't want to. We're not forcing you to. And Don Shaw is going to put on the list this weekend how to create the message rule that will send your uh, your list mail to a different folder. Aren't yeah. you, Don? Yeah. You're going to research that and put a detailed, that. a detailed description of how to do that. So get on the list. We'd love to have you. If you're a handyman person, you'll love it. It's a neat thing. Is that about it? That's it. That's about let's, it. Let's go sit in the house and watch it rain and talk to Frankie Brown. Who hadn't made a sound. Dude. No, right. sure, ain't she? Bless her water. Drink a cold one. Thank you, Don Shaw. A homemade cold one. Homemade cold one. Yeah, good one today. Don for Don Patterson. Yes, Thank sir, you, sir. We survived again. Tell the warden right. we said hi. Oh, she'll be and, uh, uh, wanting to listen anyway. Tom and Cleta May. Thank you, sir. Appreciate yes, you. Sir. Yes, sir. We'll see you next week uh, on the Blind Handyman Shumfield Park. I see, said the blind man as he picked up his hammer and saw. The Blind Handyman is produced for ACB Radio by Out of Market Productions, 1604 Southwood Drive, Lufkin, Texas. Phone 936-634-9500.